On this episode of Growler Talk, Lucas and I break down what happened in the last week of Growler's Baseball, hand out our Player of the Week award, and Lucas sits down with Growler's starter and local Kalamazoo pitcher Adam Wheaton, all coming up next on Growler Talk. Hey there, Growlers fans. It is the, what is this, fourth edition now, Brian? It is the big fourth edition. We're a couple weeks into the season now. Fourth edition is the second edition in which we get to recap a week. Two weeks of Growlers baseball have completed, and this is our first recording away from Kalamazoo. We're in Rockford, Illinois, um, as they just completed a game last night. We're recording this on a Monday against the Rockford Rivets. Another game tonight against Rockford. Unfortunately, the four-game winning streak for the Kalamazoo Growlers ended last night against the Rivets, but they'll have another another shot against the Screws tonight. Four-game winning streak, though, in this week. The week concluded a 4-3 and three record for those of you not updated. It started with a sweep against the Mallards by the Mallards to the Growlers. It wasn't a very good start, a 7-1 loss and a 7-4 loss. But then they sweep Kenosha, which included a shutout. They sweep Green Bay, which included a shutout as well. And then just the loss to Rockford to bring the weekly record to 4-3. and three. And the overall record for this Growlers team now up to 8-5. and five. I'd say it was a pretty good week. A lot of new additions, too. I think it was a positive week all around Growler Nation. There's no doubt about it. They went on that four-game win streak, showed they have some late-game heroics with both the win in the 11th against Kenosha, then the walk-off later in the week off the bat of Jason Sullivan. So this team has a lot of energy right now, and there's some momentum going forward despite even the loss yesterday to Rockford. They're really starting to play well and come together as a group, it feels like, and so it just seems like they're going to continue to move forward as more talent continues to roll into this team. I think they're just going to continue to get better and better. A 4-3 and three week, but yet I think they really could have done better in this week because they only averaged about 3.5 runs per game with a 261 batting average over the last seven days. That is an anomaly. If you're batting 261 as a team, you're going to score more than just 3.5 runs per game. I think it should have been more about four and a half, five runs per game, and I think they left one or two games against Madison on the table. That 7-1 game was close late then a late rally by Madison, and that 7-4 game, bases were loaded at the end of that baseball game. There was a real shot that they could have tied that one or possibly won that. So a 4-3 and three week, yet it even could have been better. So all those positive signs moving forward could be even more positive, I guess you could say. And I think one of the most positive things from this last week, Brian, was the athleticism that continues to be added onto this team. Ivan Johnson from Georgia recently added. Baron Radcliffe from Georgia Tech added since the last time you and I had a chance to talk on this podcast. The athleticism all across this team is really impressive, and I think it's tops in the Northwoods League. No doubt about it, and this team is very confident in their athletic ability. This is arguably the most, the fastest, most most athletic outfield specifically, but then there's just a lot of guys on this team. We talked about it yesterday on the broadcast that it appears could play multiple Division One sports, whether it's also football or basketball. This team is... It's, it's like four it's, or five. It's, you it's, could legitimately make the argument that they could be playing another Division One sport. No doubt about it. And we've, from Donovan Clark, who's already played another Division One sport, to guys like Zach Daniels, Baron Radcliffe in the outfield, a very fast electric group out there that run a lot of balls down make some great plays in the outfield and it makes a team that's very fun to watch whether it's long home runs with big time strength from guys like Daniels or speed on the bases with Clark and Radcliffe has proven himself in the outfield with a couple great sliding catches and a couple infield hits from the big guy as well so then you just go to the infield guys like Sam Faith a 6'3 guy playing second base and shortstop who hit a monster home run in 
his first game. Ivan Johnson showed off a very strong arm at shortstop yesterday. This team is some big-time athletes all around the diamond. And it's a big-time athletes, and yet I want to touch on the energy around this team because you and I mentioned this on the broadcast. But the energy around this team, for a team that is so athletically talented, so many top prospects from all around the country, they have this humble confidence about them. They're aware of their abilities. They're aware of their athleticism. But they're humble. They take a good attitude to the stadium. They pick each other up. They're a high-energy squad. They love having fun playing the sport, having fun playing the game. And we saw that in Kenosha with all that energy. And then the walk-off win at home against Green Bay. Kyle Verbitsky, the hats stacked on top of his head. We saw that in Kenosha too. All those things are very good signs for a summer team, especially early on, especially with this type of talent. I mean, this type of energy, I was expecting a good group of guys, but this has blown me away how positive they are, how much fun they are having, and that is so key to success, especially in a grind of a season. we still got 59 games to go, Brian. How about that? But I think a lot of that comes from them being really young too. They have never had this type of experience the majority of this lineup just completed their freshman year. This is the first true collegiate summer ball experience for a lot of these guys. And sure, they played on travel teams growing up, but this is something new and exciting, traveling on the road like this, on these bus trips. They get to experience all these new cities throughout Illinois and Wisconsin. And so they're a team that has a lot to look forward to, and it's just fun to play a relaxed brand of baseball, whether it's Verbitsky stacking the hats. But then you balance that out with the veteran leadership of guys like Jason Sullivan, came up with the clutch walk-off hit as well. So there's a nice mix really going on as they all come together. Well, and that's the challenge for manager Cody Pachaki and the rest of his coaching staff is these are young guys. There's a lot of energy early in the season, but this is game 13. How are they going to feel game 26 after a three-game losing streak? How are they going to feel game 45 after a two-game skid in which they only picked up six hits in two games? That's the real question of this team, and I think that is the inherent risk of a strategy of building such a young team is that you're going to get that energy, you're going to get that elite athleticism and talent, but the question is how does that energy hold throughout the season. I've got confidence. I think it's going to hold for quite a long time because the type of fun they're having is very sustainable fun. They've got a great chemistry with each other, but it is the challenge. How are they going to respond? Game 36, game 45, because two weeks, it feels like a long time, but it really hasn't been at all. Well, there's going to be a lot of highs and a lot of lows throughout the season in this short two weeks. As you said, it feels like we've been going for a while now, but when you look at the schedule, there's so much time left for this team to go on a run or go on a slide. There's going to be a lot of both, I think, throughout this season. Could be a streaky team as they just came off four straight. Now they need to get back on the right track here a little bit. But it's going to be interesting to see how this young energy continues to move forward. And I think that's why a guy like Sullivan, who's done this before, was in the Northwoods League last year, knows the grind of it all, is going to be so vital for this team to keep their energy just up moving forward, be the leader, be the team guy that they can all look to and see this is how you're supposed to act throughout this long grind of the season. But he's a fun energy guy as well. It's going to be a really important for him to be kind of that role model, I think, for a lot of these young freshmen. That's important for the coaching staff as well. And no that's doubt. the challenge for no Cody Bajaki. That's the challenge for Connor McLeod and Mark Goodman. And the, the nice thing about all three of those guys, they like to have fun as well. They keep the energy loose. They keep the energy, I think, perfect for this type of baseball that's conducive for winning in a long season. Sometimes you have games like you did against Rockford where the bats just didn't show up. Cole Belair was fantastic on the mound for the Rivets, and that happens. This is baseball, and I thought the team responded very well to that loss. They didn't hang on to it. They didn't say, man, that really sucked. We just ended a four-game winning streak like that. They just moved on from it, 
and they're going to be ready to play baseball today with that same energy and with that same fun. Yeah, and I think there was clear a little disappointment that you lost and the offense didn't play better, and you wish you could have gotten Adam Wheaton a win, who pitched so spectacularly yesterday going seven and two-thirds, giving up just those two earned runs. But I think that you're right. They moved on quickly. You turn the page. You learn from the loss. Now you're ready to go out and get some hits and string together some runs today, I think has to be the goal for the offense, just turning the page and getting the fresh start and now trying to get that split. And you and I will talk about the next week later in this show. But right now we want to recap this week and give mention to our players of the week. You and I are making this a weekly segment. And the player of the week this week for you, Brian, is... Brendan Rivoli, catcher from Virginia, came in and really managed this pitching staff well. Pitchers started to have a really good week, and then he also had a good week at the bat. Played five games this week, 333 average, picked up six hits and 18 at-bats, an RBI, a couple of walks. So just a guy that had a really good week offensively and really just slowed things down on the pitching side, handled everything well behind the plate. Clearly a very sound defensive catcher, and I think is going to be the go-to catcher moving forward for this team. He has a lot of talent back there behind the plate, and a nice lefty bat as well in the lineup. And you got to give credit to Baron Radcliffe in, no that, doubt. in that last week as well. He had a very high batting average. A couple nice plays in right field as well. A couple infield hits that he beat out, so a lot of good stuff there from Radcliffe as well. My player of the week is going to be Adam Wheaton along with the entire pitching staff, because this staff was fantastic over the last seven days. Wheaton just happened to pitch the most innings out of anybody in this staff. This staff, 2.25 ERA over the last seven days, only allowing a 207 batting average against opponents. Their team ERA has fallen to 3.05, which is near the top five in the Northwoods League. After the way they started, a 12-run game against Lakeshore, a couple other bad games, this pitching staff had one heck of a week in Adam Wheaton. 13 and a third innings pitch, a 2.7 ERA. Unfortunately for Adam Wheaton in two starts, 0-2. Just kind of bad luck for Wheaton, but he was one of the main reasons this staff was able to have such a good week. And you saw great starts from Jeff Birch. You saw great relief appearances from Tom Bale, Andrew Belsick, Austin Lorenzi came Nelson through. Had a Jack game. Nelson had a great start. I mean, you just go right down the list. This entire staff was fantastic over this stretch. And if even take out the two Madison games. Think about how good this pitching staff has been. If you take out the beginning of this week, if you just go the last five games, the pitching staff has been on absolute fire. If they can continue this, and the offense, which has been good in my opinion, 261 average is good. If this offense can continue that average and just bring some more runs home, have a little better luck on the offensive end, that's a formula for a lot of wins. No doubt. The pitching staff has been great with the offense. They're getting on base at a high rate, and the next step is hitting with runners in scoring position for them. If they can get a few clutch hits that we saw start to fall late in this week, I think this offense could really take off. Yeah, but that's that's the one problem, Brian, is the runners in scoring position. There has not been a lot of timely hitting on this ball club, and the hits have been often scattered. If they can really start to connect it, hit better in situations, then it's going to be a lot of runs we had an opportunity to talk with our player of the week Adam Wheaton that interview comes right now on Growler Talk I had a chance to conduct that interview and talk with the man who pitched 13 and a third innings of 2.7 ERA here's the interview now we're here with Adam Wheaton who was just named along with the entire pitching staff our player of the week from the last week Adam, 13 and a third innings pitch, 2.7 ERA. But unfortunately for you, 0-2. And, and that's kind of a, a hard luck thing. A couple games you don't get a lot of run support. But you pitched great this week. How does that feel 
to have two solid starts like that, a 2.7 ERA, contributing to a pitching staff that had a 2.25 ERA this past week? Uh, I mean, I can't ask for anything more. I mean, just looking for quality starts. Um, if the runs come, they come. Uh, this this whole league, uh, I'm using this league as a quality start league, and um, I'm just trying to go out there and give my cha- uh, my team a chance to win. Well, you gave your team a chance to win back in high school. Is it is it Kalamazoo Hackett? Is that what they call it? Because I'm not from the area. Or is um, it Hackett Catholic Prep? Hackett Catholic Prep is more is more what they call it. Uh, some people call it Kalamazoo Hackett. I think that's the way it used to be used to be called. But they're trying to do Hackett Catholic Prep for more PR reasons. Hackett Catholic Prep pre. High school names are always funny, but you went 21-1 and one there over your last two years, so you're not really used to having those losses in the L column, but you're pitching at a much higher level. How comfortable are you feeling the fact that you're playing in front of the home crowd in Kalamazoo? Is it a lot of comfort for you? Is, that, is it just more comfortable being in front of the home crowd? Uh, I think it's a lot more comfortable. I think one reason is because uh, I get family out every single time I start. Um, I'm a big family guy, and when family's out there to watch me, I think it's it's a lot more of a of a easing feeling. Um, just pitching in front of people that I know. Um, that's one of the reasons why I had an offer to play uh, in the same league up in Minnesota, but that's one of the reasons why I stayed because uh, it's more of an easing feeling when you get to be home and pitch in front of people that you know. And, and the town knows you as well. Kalamazoo is that player of the year. That's such an honor. And then your brother, Ben, you mentioned family. How important has he been in your pitching development? Your older brother pitched at Trine. Um, That's pretty much the main reason why I went to Trine in the first place. Uh, Ben could kind of show me the ropes and uh, show me how to pitch at that level. Um, He's been a big, uh, big influence in my life, not only uh, in baseball, just in general. But um, yeah, that was that's been a huge, huge factor in my development pitching. Ben has. So have you been working on any extra pitches from Ben? What what type of tips did he give you when you got to college? Was it, you know, did he give you the classic baseball tips, when to show up, how to show up, gave you some tips on the coaches? Did he give you some basic life tips? Um, pretty much all the above. Um, more, the biggest thing for me was locating, locating my pitches. Everything's got to be down, and I learned that early, uh, right when I got there. And um, But he uh, – he doesn't only help me with baseball, he just helps me with just everything itself, school, uh, like you said, showing up on time, being there early, uh, getting in the weight room, all that kind of stuff. Maybe giving you advice, hey, this professor probably shouldn't take that class, things like that. Yeah, yeah, there's actually, there's a little bit of that. Um, he, he he pretty much knew everything since he was a senior last year, but um, yeah, that, that stuff he definitely helped me out with. So you got... Hacky Catholic Prep, as I will now refer to your high school as. You got their first district title since 1988 while you were there. That is an accomplishment. And now this is the best start the Kalamazoo Growlers have really experienced in their now five years. So you have an opportunity to be a part of another big turnaround, another huge milestone in a team's victory. How important is that to you that you could be a part of the first season in a very successful organization? The first season where on the field the success matches what's going on off the field. Uh, it's really important. I mean, obviously we always want to come in. When I come in to a new team, I always want to win right away. Um, but uh, a program that's uh, that's kind of just starting up, and then uh, we brought in a lot of good guys this year. Um, it's a big, big opportunity for me being the local kid to kind of, I don't know necessarily kind of be the face of it, but um, being the local guy – People kind of look and say, oh, 
Adams pitching for a Kalamazoo team and to be on a team that has a chance to contend for a championship is pretty cool. Oh, yeah, and you got to be showing the guys around town or giving them advice, be like, hey, don't go here, go here. This Walmart's better than that Walmart, things like that. Yeah, I mean, some guys uh, were asking, like, what's a good food joint, stuff like that, and I can, I can kind of show them where that – where that's at and uh and if they have any questions about certain stuff around town then i can definitely show them yeah well that's a big time help did you did you go to growlers games throughout your high school career um yeah i went to a couple last year uh kind of got the fan side of things um did you ever think you could be pitching on that mound the next year um i actually i actually really wanted to yeah um it never i mean it was kind of just like a something in the back of my mind like okay maybe i could pitch here but uh when it actually happened it was a it was a pretty cool thing so I, that's just I, – I couldn't even imagine that feeling, just standing on the mound of – in front of, you know, thousands of people from your hometown, just continuing to pursue the dream. Let's talk about the coaching staff a bit. It seems like a high-energy group. They're, they're very positive. It's a high-energy team. Do you, th- do you like what's happening on the coaching staff, what Mark Goodman has been bringing you, what Cody Pachaki has been bringing you? I, it feels very positive to me. I just, I just want to get that from you. Yeah, I mean, Coach Pachaki, he, uh, he trusts me to go out there and keep the uh, team in the game. Um, Coach Goodman's he's a wild guy. He's uh <laughs> he's kinda got a different side to things, different side of baseball, but he's uh he's all positive. Um Coach uh, McLeod, he's he's working hard with the hitters and then uh, uh Coach Zane, he's uh he's kind of a younger guy, but uh it's kinda cool because he's kinda one of the guys yeah. that you kind of you can kinda feed off of him. But uh, all the guys are high energy and uh I love that. So coaching staff's done a great job so far a lot of fun i see you always being first out of the dugout when it's not your start to greet a starter after he comes off the mound how important is that to you on your off days to be the energy in the dugout to help your team in terms of staying positive in a game because nine innings long time long season is it important for you to always keep the energy up in the dugout when it's not your turn in the rotation yeah i'm a high energy guy um i think it keeps me in the game more than anything but uh it keeps everybody else going too when you're when you're positive, especially when you're not starting. And uh, but greeting the guys when they come off, uh, I think it's a big thing. It keeps everyone uh, everyone hype in the game, and uh, I like doing that a lot. Well, Adam, we've enjoying we've enjoyed watching you pitch this season. We hope you have continued success, and we hope that some wins and some runs run support will come your way over these next few starts. And and I know the people in Kalamazoo are excited to see you being so successful early in the year. Thank you. Yep. Go Growlers. Go Growlers. That was Adam Wheat. And that was a fantastic interview with Adam Wheat, the local boy from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Loved talking with him, Brian. And now let's go ahead and look forward in the Northwoods League. And I want to start by giving our fans an update of the Northwoods League standings. Of course, this is all available at growlersbaseball.com. You can do some research yourself, look through the standings. We're trying our best to give you all the information we can. But let's go ahead and run through this. Just the South Division, because that right now is really what matters for this Kalamazoo team. Obviously, you don't play anybody in the North. This South Division right now, Madison Mallard's absolutely on fire. They've won eight straight ball games. This, this is being recorded on Monday. 10-3 and three record for the Madison Mallards. And then you've got three three teams, two games back. Kalamazoo involved in that bunch at 8-5. and five. Rockford, Wisconsin Rapids, and obviously the Kalamazoo Crowlers. 
So this Rockford game, all that more important on a Monday night to determine who could be alone at second place. And then you've got the Lakeshore Chinooks all by themselves, three games back at 7-6. and six. And then you get to the losing record side of things. Fond du Lac, the Doc Spiders, 6-7. and seven. The Kenosha Kingfish at 5-7. and seven. Wisconsin Woodchucks at 5-8. and eight. Green Bay and Battle Creek bringing up the rear. Green Bay at 4-9. and nine. Battle Creek at 3-9. and nine. Both those teams, six games and six and a half games back respectively. Looking at that, let's just talk about that for a second. Madison clearly seems to be the class of this division. Eight straight wins, a walk-off home run last night. They've got hitters all across the lineup. They've got pitchers all through the rotation in the bullpen. They are a very dangerous team, and they proved that with two impressive showings at Homer Striker Field. Looking like one of the best offenses in the Northwoods League early on, led by Tyler Plantier, Jake Randa, two big-time bats in the middle of that lineup. Can't forget about Jace McLean. Either. Jace McLean crushed the growlers, and he bats a little bit lower down, but continues to rake in that sixth spot for them in the order. They have been on fire offensively, and their pitching staff has been good. Not great at this point, but they are winning games because of their bats right now, just going out putting up runs every night. It'll be interesting to see once they get more into the season if that big-time hitting can continue, but it appears at the moment that their bats are leading them early on to be the top team in the South early in the season. And they have that incredible home crowd, which really propels them to a good home record seemingly every year in this league. So Madison, a dangerous team at the top. Battle Creek, got to talk about the rivals, the I-94 rivals. Struggling early, 3-9. and nine. Just picked up win number three on the season against the Green Bay Bullfrogs. Battle Creek, this is a two-half league, remember, so they could have a chance in the second half of the season. And they have a roster that's more built towards the later half of the years with a lot of small school experience guys. But Battle Creek, big-time struggle early in the year. Yeah, they're they're most likely going to figure it out a little bit and improve throughout the season, but they definitely have gotten off to a rough start, struggling on both sides of the baseball at this point. We saw them, and they were led by guys like Jordan Swiss early in the season, but just at this point, they are not competing at the same level with a depth in the lineup, and their starting pitchers have struggled early as well. So it's just been a rough start for Battle Creek, a little surprising coming off a South Division, representing the South Division in the Northwoods League Championship, so it's just a little surprising to see the Bombers struggle, a team that historically is pretty good on the baseball side of things, so it'll be interesting to see throughout the year who they can bring in potentially to that team, who they can improve everywhere throughout that lineup. So we're going to see a few of these teams over this next week. Let's go ahead and run through the schedule over the next week for the Kalamazoo Growlers. At Rockford, who's 8-5? and five? That game is on Monday night when we are recording this. Then Home against Wisconsin and home against Wisconsin Rapids. The Woodchucks at 5-8. and eight, The Rapids Raffords at 8-5. and five, And then at Lakeshore for a two-game series before the first off day of the year next Monday. Another podcast will be coming that Monday. Lakeshore 7-6 and six on the season. So Wisconsin Rapids and Lakeshore, both teams with winning records. And the Woodchucks at 5-8. and eight. You and I said this. This is going to be the test of the season. You could really see how good this team is over the next week of action. There's no doubt about it. In this game against Rockford this evening is important to try to split on the road, but then you have that four-game set at Homer Stryker Field. This team has struggled a little bit early in the year at home, trying to right the ship there, playing just better in front of the home crowd against some tough opponents. The Wisconsin Woodchucks are a team that's definitely beatable, and then the Wisconsin Rapids Rafters are going to be a good test for this team, I think, at home. It's going to be interesting next week as this team continues to build up and play tougher competition. You're starting to get into the meat of your schedule. It's no longer early in the season. You are now playing for that first half division championship. You're right there, but you've got to beat some of these teams at the top of the division early on, like the Rapids Rafters and the Rockford Rivets. 
And still a lot of players expected to come into this roster. Joey Loperfito, we saw him come up huge in a 10-1, to I believe, at finished Duke win over Texas Tech in the college Super Regionals. He's still due to come in. You have Sam Hall from Clemson still due to come in. Matt Mervis from Duke still due to come in. So the Growlers team, a lot of additions will be coming. And honestly, you know, we're talking to broadcasters around the league. It sounds like the Growlers are getting a lot more talent than even some of these teams. Rockford's adding two guys are coming in. But this Kalamazoo team is adding four, five extremely talented high Division One guys as the season moves along because a lot of those guys made deep runs in the tournament. And we've seen a lot of talent come in already. Guys like Sam Faith just came in, hit a home run in his first game. We have pitchers such as Andrew Belsick from Notre Dame just arriving. So as Tom this Vail. team, Tom Vale just Saw arrived. Saw Tommy Summer have a good inning as well. He pitched a couple good innings, got the save in his first career outing as a growler. So there's a lot of guys coming in, and you're already seeing the impact in that four-game winning streak. And then yesterday, Ivan Johnson looking pretty good in the field, made a great backhanded play, the strong throw on to first. So I think that this team, as you add more talent, is going to be very dangerous and just improving and getting new life and new energy inputted into your roster. And that's something in a long grind of a season that you can just bring in a new energy guy. And that's why you see a lot of major league teams make trades just to switch things up and add a new life into your team. That's what this is going to be like as these teams get eliminated and you're getting in your Sam Halls from Clemson and Loperfito and Mervis from Duke. You just bring in all these players and it adds a new life, a new energy that wasn't there before, a new dynamic to the team that brings even that energy out again and again throughout the season that makes them so dangerous and likely to make runs throughout the year as you continue to adjust and make some small tweaks and changes to the roster. I'm, I'm just excited. Ivan Johnson, he, may, he dropped the fly ball on the infield. Got to be honest about things. But the wind was blowing. Still technically an error. I don't read too much It was a tough that. play, but what I read into from that, I obviously don't read into the air. It happens, wind blowing. What I read into is the mentality comes back, next inning gets a base hit. Then at the end of the game, he makes a beautiful backhand in the hole, cross-the-body throw, which we've mentioned a couple times. That type of attitude just permeates throughout this team. It is everywhere on this ball club, a bounce-back attitude, a never-give-up, a humble confidence, as I said. It's very exciting. It is exciting, and this team has shown the little bit of late-inning heroics. We saw them score a couple runs late to get a win against Lakeshore early, and not much gets to these guys, even when they're struggling at the plate. Just felt like yesterday, even once they got to the bullpen, there was a new life, a new energy late in the game. Every time they're down, they are not out of this game because of the explosiveness of the offense and then the mentality of the bench. Whoever's there, whether it's Verbitsky putting on all those hats and the three pairs of sunglasses or the rest of the team, Every inning, every pitch, they've seemed to be into this game on the bench. And the biggest thing is, is Growlers fans, nine wins was all they saw last year in the first half. And yet, we've got about 20 games left in the first half. If the Growlers just pick up two more wins, they've already bested their first half win total from last season. This was a second-half squad last year. I expect the same this year. So the fact that they're already competing near the top of the South Division is very very encouraging. I think this is the most exciting year of Growlers baseball I, right now, but clearly out of the five years, I think this one has the opportunity to produce the best results on the baseball field and off the baseball field. A lot of great attendance numbers early in the season, a couple of over 3,000 plus days already, and we're barely into the summer. Yeah, it's a lot to look forward to. There's lots of attendances continuing to pile up at Homer Striker Field on this team continues to play well there's an excitement brewing in Kalamazoo for sure as they continue to just add more athletes and win some ball games because 
this team and this organization has been so great off the field, bringing in all these fans that you just expect with winning on the field now, that's going to even continue to rise. The energy is going to continue to grow. And as that builds towards the second half of the season, if they're in a pennant race, there's no doubt about it that this energy is going to be just continuing to build around this team. And they're going to continue to feed off of that energy. Knock on wood before I say it, but wouldn't it be something to see what a Homer Striker Field crowd would be in a Northwoods League championship game? No doubt. Would be incredible to see. Would be incredible to see. Let's go ahead. What is your going to be your record prediction? We did this last week, before the week. I believe you said something over the next week of four and three or somewhere around there. I think you nailed it. I think one of us was pretty close. So this week you've got game against Rockford, two games against Wisconsin, two games against Rapids Rafters, and two games against Lakeshore. Seven games over the next week. A couple of tough opponents, a couple of opponents with losing records. What is your record prediction, Brian, over this next week for this Growlers team? I think they're going to be really good. I'm looking at 5-2. and two. I think they have a really good week. I think you can get the win against Rockford tonight. I think that's a winnable game. And then home for a couple games against Wisconsin Woodchucks. That's a sweepable series. Wisconsin Rapids Rafters, at least a split right there. And then you look at Lakeshore team right now, kind of in the lower half of the division as well. I could have even said 6-1 and one potentially for this team this week. But... There's just a lot to like about them. The pitching staff has been so great. You expect that to move forward, and it just feels like this offense is building up and ready to break out for a couple big games. I'm going to go agree with you 5-2. and two. I was leaning between 5-2 and two and 4-3 and three because Lakeshore is a tough place to play. You never really know what's going to happen there. It's right off the lake. Weather can do some crazy things. But I, I really believe in this team. I think they're going to go 5-2 and two over the next week, which would set them up at 13-7, and seven, which is a great record through 20 games, and they'll be right in it down the stretch for the first half title. And fans, if they win the first half title in the South Division, you can already start purchasing your playoff tickets because they will have clinched a spot in the Northwoods League playoffs. I think that's the exciting thing about two halves. We could know. We could know in three weeks, Brian, what this team is going to be. We, we could know if they're in the playoffs. In that sense, you're already in a pennant race right now at the moment, which makes it so much fun to watch every single game. Exciting, exciting stuff. We thank you so much for listening. This has been Growler Talk. We'll see you next Monday. Maybe an interview in the middle of the week. We will see how the week goes. For Brian McLaughlin, I'm Lucas Moore. We appreciate you Growlers fans for listening. Make it out to Homer Striker Field. It's a great experience, and this is a great ball club. This has been Growler Talk.